The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to a very special San Francisco edition of Bad Money. Welcome to Kramer. I'll be able to make friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate context. Call me, 1-800-743-CBC, or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Now, this market is caught in a titanic battle between chat GPT and GLP-1s. And today, the winner was ChatGPT, with the Dow dipping 158 points, S&P declining 0.15%, and the tech-laden NASDAQ advancing 0.09%. Of course, there's a lot more to this market than just tech versus healthcare. But right now, you can learn a lot from ChatGPT, the way many people first learned about generative AI. And you can tell from my interviews in San Francisco that the revolutionary GLP-1s for weight loss and diabetes are driving a ton of R&D from so many different drug companies that know they have to make these drugs because this could be the biggest category of drugs in history. We came out here this week camping out with the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference to find out the latest and greatest in healthcare, only to discover that nearly everybody in the industry either has a GLP one business, or they're trying to develop a better weight loss drug, or helping to make sure you get the drug, or playing defense against this whole class of GLP-1 revolutionary pharma products. Meanwhile, tech companies at CES, the old consumer electronics show, occurring simultaneously, are telling people that the thing you might know uh, as ChatGPT is really all about trying to help businesses reach the right people to sell to. I mean, this contrast. It brings me to the great conundrum of GOP versus GPT. The people at this healthcare conference are using generative artificial intelligence to analyze data as part of their mission to develop new life-saving drugs or remove the drudgery of counting pills or filling out form after form for prescription. As for the people who are using AI in every other industry, well, today we got some nice moves in two of the Magnificent Seven, Amazon and Alphabet, but they're all about reaching people to sell them more stuff. Not exactly curing cancer, stopping heart attacks, or making people thinner, or stopping diabetes. Yet, what's winning right now? If you look at today's action, it's clear that more effective advertising is what Wall Street wants. Today, TD Callen published this ad buyer survey. I hope it's closely watched. It's a great tool for identifying the top trends in advertising, and they made it clear that the Internet's the only reliable way these days to reach the right people. Their chief conclusion, listen to this, quote, Google search offers highest return on investment slash best measurement, quote, and uh, YouTube, quote, quote, should see slight share gain in 23 to 25, in part because Google, quote, leads adoption of gen AI tools. In other words, Google's got the stuff. The stock soared on this endorsement. How about Amazon? The same TV Cowan survey says Amazon's, quote, expected to gain ad budget share and is emerging as a meaningful platform outside Google and Meta for ad buyers. Also, 70 percent of ad buyers expect to advertise on Prime Video, end quote. Amazon stock had a huge move on this news, which brings me to something that can make investing tricky. 
People always wonder, how the heck could there be so many life-saving innovations coming from generative AI, supported by Kramer, Fave, NVIDIA, by the way, which was a big presence here as well at CES. But nobody seems to care when it comes to the paltry valuations of what used to be among the most highly valued companies in the world, drug stocks. I think the answer is a crass one. It's because it really drives stocks is commerce. And if Alphabet and Meta and Amazon can drive more advertising commerce, they can make more money, and so do their shareholders. Regardless of how many lives the company saved at this conference, is that unfair to you? Uh, could targeting the right consumer really be more important than saving the consumer's life? No, of course not. But investing is rarely about what's important in the human sense. It's about making money. And right now, analyzing data more efficiently for targeting ads is worth more than analyzing the data to figure out how to get people to live longer or healthier lives. Don't despair, though. I think there's a way we can have a tech and healthcare intersection, a cake and eat it, too, leading to a best of all possible world situation. I want to hand this idea over to J.P. Morgan, of course, which hosted the conference, and put out a piece about recommending none other than, yes, NVIDIA, the number one name in AI this morning. It's a big reason why its stock rallied 1.7% today to another new all-time high. J.P. Morgan says NVIDIA's healthcare vertical is, quote, already a $1 billion-plus business driven by the increasing computational demand for AI drug discovery, genomics, patient diagnostics, medical devices, and robotics, end quote. Yet they believe that healthcare is now a top-three vertical within NVIDIA's data center business, and the company's work will be at the heart of what they call, quote, a massive expansion in computer-aided drug discovery, end quote. I get the sense that Amgen seems to have the best grasp of what NVIDIA can do for them. They came up with the idea of marrying an NVIDIA supercomputer to one of the world's largest human genome data sets at their genetics headquarters in Reykjavik, Iceland. I like what Roche had to say about AI. Teresa Graham, head of pharma for Roche, told us that artificial intelligence is helping them identify new targets faster, test them more quickly, and really figure out how you can increase the predictability and lower the cost of drug development. Normally, drug discovery cycles take a very long time, but with AI, Graham says they can work a lot faster. Sencora, that drug distributor whom you will hear from tomorrow, uses AI to keep track of inventory. Hey, listen, it's a tough job when you have $20 billion in pharma products going through your doors every day. Medtronic uses it to watch colonoscopies in real time, ensuring that nothing dangerous gets missed. It's odd. We think of all the electronics that now go into devices like those from Abbott Labs. And we think of all the electronics that are involved in non-invasive surgery. It's terrific to see how much healthcare has been revolutionized by digitization. But not to diss anyone I saw out here in our whirlwind tour. The fact is, electronics is no match for computer science these days. If you're trying to reach the right customers, the targets, not just of all the people who have no interest, as well as the few who do, AI can figure out how to get to that person, what that person might want, and how to please that person with the right ad that makes them want to take action. In some ways, it's incredibly pedestrian, a better marketing mousetrap. But most companies waste millions upon millions of dollars showing ads to people who aren't the least bit interested in the product. Why not just spend an extra million bucks and just reach the right people who might pull the trigger? So here's the bottom line. Yes, an Abbott Labs pacemaker is an incredible, life-saving electric technology device. But the computer science behind an Amazon or YouTube ad is worth a heck of a lot more when it comes to the stock market, at least for the moment. And here at Mad Money, we want both healthy hearts and fat wallets. Let's go to Brian in Oregon. Brian. Mr. Kramer, thanks for taking my call. 
My pleasure. What's happening, Brian? Hey, I know that Chris has invested in Boeing in the past. I've stuck with it through thick and thin. Everyone's losing their mind about this door plug on this one aircraft. It's a big deal, but not a tragedy. Is the reaction overdone? Yes, the answer is, but it can still, because Boeing handles things very ham-handedly, you probably have another down day. But unless you can come up with a third player besides Boeing and Airbus, then you have to buy Airbus, and I remain. Let's go to Sheila in Tennessee. Sheila. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm good, Sheila. How about you? I'm fabulous. Thank you. Can I start by adding my voice to the chorus of small investors who are so grateful for you and so thankful for all of your perspectives and tremendous insight on the market. You're very kind, Sheila. You know, I I come to work every day and I think, well, I hope I'm helping people. And then you come out and I say, thank you very much. How can I help now? Well, I actually bought some Northrop Grumman stock, uh, NOC, last year, and I've been very pleased with that as an investment. I bought it because not only did I think the stock would go up, but I was hoping it would add to my dividend strategy. And now it, I'm, it's starting to take a bit of a dip, and I'm interested in your perspective on whether I should go ahead and buy some more. I actually think you should. I think it's an incredibly well-run company. But more important, when we think about where we are in this country and what has to be done to keep us safe and our allies safe, Northrop Grumman is the top three. And I think that down 472, down three bucks today, and now down, by the way, a lot from its high of 518. I think you're right to pull the trigger. And I cannot thank you enough for the kind comments. It's terrific. Let's go to Russell in Georgia. Russell. Hey, Jim. Long time no talk. I was on your radio show 20 years ago, and I've been oh appreciative my. of you ever since. <laughs> I can't believe you're on that show. Holy cow. Yeah, that was a hard show to do every day. And I, and I was. And, uh, and you've helped me a ton in my family. So thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Jim, I took a small position in Hasbro in 2021. It was much higher, obviously. Um, I've been buying it all the way down for my nephew. He's only six years old. We got time. Is has his bro or is has a has been? Okay, I think that Hasbro uh, is troubled. I wish I could be more encouraging, but the toy business is incredibly hard. My father was in it selling board games at one point, and I, all I can tell you is, I think it's, I can't tell you patience is a virtue with this one. I think it's a hard stock to own, but thank you for the call and for the radio calls. The technology behind life-saving equipment like an Abbott Labs pacemaker is incredible. But the stock market cares more about the technology behind artificial intelligence to figure out who to sell ads to, because that's where the money's being made right now. Oh, man, money tonight. Pfizer is so much more than just a COVID-19 vaccine company, and I'm getting the latest update from the company that's buying so many important treatments with the company's CEO. Then CBS had a host of announcements yesterday during his presentation at Morgan Healthcare Conference. I'm getting into the nitty-gritty with the CEO. Plus, you do not want to miss my exclusive with Regeneron and Abbott Labs. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on X. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Mentions. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. 
also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere, you can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash madmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash madmoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash madmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. JP Morgan Healthcare Conference isn't just for presenting new data. It also gives drug companies a chance to change the narrative. Take Pfizer, which was the fifth worst performing stock in the SP 500 last year as their COVID franchise fell apart before the new acquisitions could boost growth. But has this one gotten too cheap to ignore with a very large dividend? Earlier today, we had a chance to sit down with Dr. Albert Borla, the chairman and CEO of Pfizer, to hear about the news story. Take a look. Dr. Bora, last time I saw you hadn't closed the CGen deal. I got a Pfizer on my hands that is a very different company. What will CGen do for you? Oh, CGen, I think, first of all, the question is what will do for the patients with cancer. And I think right now, the acquisition and the merger between Pfizer Resources and CGen Technology and Resources represents the biggest hope for patients of cancer to have meaningful treatments and meaningful advancements in their battle against cancer. Now, one of the things you said that I thought was quite brilliant, you said CGen is not about golden eggs. It's the goose that lays the golden egg. Explain that to our people. Of course, because it's not about the four products that CGen are offering us or even the 13 pipeline products. It is a platform, a technology that it is composed from intellectual property, from people that they know the stuff, and those are the people that will continue producing next blockbusters, next products that will treat cancer. So for me, from day one, the biggest concern was how to make sure that we will bring CGen into Pfizer without killing their innovation. Because it's very common when a smaller company comes into a bigger, the bureaucracy will overwhelm them. And I am very proud to say that from the nine people that they are the leadership team of the new Pfizer oncology, five are coming from CGen. Five from the nine leaders. And we double our cancer resources right now 50% 50% of the people in research of, of Pfizer Oncology are coming from Pfizer and 50% for CIDSA. 
I'm very proud of it. Well, I don't think people understand that when a CGen, which has these incredible formulations, goes with a Pfizer, the scale changes dramatically about who gets these drugs. Of course, CGen basically had commercial capabilities only in the U.S., predominantly. Right. Now they have the whole world. Seedzen was, let's say, operating under the resources of a smaller biotech with a brilliant technology. Now they are operating with the scale of a very big, large pharma that is willing to invest to meaningful treatments for cancer patients. Now, uh, I've known the company for a long time. They have never been afraid to take on cancers. One in three people get cancer. That Everyone else is, just says, listen, it can't be solved. Why? How can they do it? Because they invested early on in a technology that has been proven to be the hottest technology right now. When we announced the deal with Sidzen, it was clearly a bet on a technology, the ADC, and on a company, Sidzen. Since that time, both the ADCs became the hottest thing. Everyone is announcing a deal in ADCs right now. And Sidzen had such a profound readouts of data and papers that they triple survival rates, or they did significant improvements in, in survival rates that uh, has made me feel very comfortable that it was the right bet in technology right. and in the company. Well, are we going one day uh, get away from the nuclear, which is chemotherapy, which wipes out everything, including the patient, then you hope for a comeback, to a much more targeted way of attacking cancer? But that's exactly the bet right now. It is how to be able to take chemotherapy and put it together with an antibody so it's not released in all the body. It's only released in the cancer cells. It's like a GPS-guided missile that goes and hits with high precision only the cancer cells. No side effects. Now, since the time that you announced the deal, uh, things work fast at CGEN. New things? Yes. New, new uh, uh, milestones? What are they doing right now? Right now, the most important thing it is that they present it at uh, uh, ESMO, which is a very, the biggest cancer congress in the world. There, uh, it, it was in Europe. Right. They presented data from uh, a cancer treatment, which is for bladder. Very difficult cancer. Yes. The standard of care before was providing, the golden standard of care before was providing 12-month survival rate, unfortunately. They presented data with 32 months wow. survival rate, from 12 to 32 you very rarely has this level of improvement in, in, in a medicine. And that's transformational. That's why FDA gave approval already in December. We were expecting it in April. And uh, we were uh, lucky that it was the first thing that Sidzen announced after it became Pfizer, this approval. Now, uh, obviously, you are uh, the biggest, well, arguably GSK may say no, but vaccine franchise and there is so much going on when you go to a cvs when you go to a walgreens if you talk about vaccines they will talk about it to you but perhaps people should be bringing it up because the booster uh covid covid's everywhere it's rampant again but if you have the booster you're likely to stay out of the hospital i think you're right i think that um, one of the problems is that a smaller number of americans are doing yeah. the new booster vaccine and the people that had done a lot of them, the original COVID vaccines, are not protected against this new variant. The people that are doing the booster are well protected against this new variant. But as I said, smaller number, only 70% of Americans did right. the booster this uh, in 2023. 20, wow. Travis Kelsey, 20 million, hasn't made it happen? 
I hope that he, he, I think he made a good difference, but I think we have a way to go. Okay, uh, one last question. A lot of people have been defining your company by the vaccine. It was hard, and they're disappointed by the sales, but wasn't it difficult to figure out exactly how many people would take the vaccines, well, yeah. especially with the ennui, with the, with the fatigue? You're right, but we are, I think, in, a, in the peak of the COVID fatigue. We are in the peak of COVID uh, and the rhetorics, and uh, people want to forget, let's say, the, the, that's the reason for that. My prediction is because now pe- less people are getting right. the vaccine, the clinical manifestation of the disease is coming with more severe symptoms. That's why we are seeing so many people are getting, because they are not really protected, right? That is driving also a lot of the sales of Paxlovid, unfortunately, our oral uh, drug. I I saw data, 300,000 units were dispersed in uh, the week of December 22nd, in a week. 300,000 Paxlovid in a week, right? So it's, it's, uh, it's picking up because people are getting sick rather than being protected. Well, we gotta, we got to keep awareness going on that, but the real awareness for people, I think, is CGEN because oh. it is the biggest change in Pfizer's history. Look, Jim, for us, COVID was our big contribution right. in the world. We will remember it forever. The world will remember it forever, but it is done. We want to do it once more. And our best chances to save again the world is with cancer, and season is our best bet. Fantastic way to leave it. Dr. Albert Borla, Chairman and CEO of Pfizer. Albert, it is always great to see you. Thank, thank you, you thank you, thank you. Really appreciate it. Coming up, we're hearing from the giants of healthcare. But can a community focus drive global returns? Fill your prescription for profits with Kramer. Next. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs and the small dogs who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. It's tough to be a drugstore right now, but CVS Health has spent years pivoting to become more of a vertically integrated healthcare provider. They've got the pharmacy, they've got Edna for health insurance, they've got Caremark for pharmacy benefits management, and they'll even treat you directly. Yesterday, the company made the case for its new business model at the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. Earlier today, we sat down with Karen Lynch, the president and CEO, to hear it from her directly. Take a look. Karen, the changes have come so fast, but you have completely reinvented CVS. I want to give you the floor to just talk about what it looks now versus, say, 10 years ago. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, one of the things we're doing, Jim, is we're really building a world of health around the consumer. And as you know, there's many touch points in healthcare, And CVS Health now has the ability to offer every single one of those consumer touch points, from the delivery of care through our Oak Street Health, our um, Minute Clinics, through insurance coverage, through our Aetna business, and through Caremark, through the ability to get your prescriptions through our um, retail health locations. So we've really repositioned the company to be a broad, integrated health solutions company to meet the needs of consumers where and when they want health care. All right. So uh, talk to me about when you have a Caremark, when you have uh, an Omnicare, how is this making it so that the, the, re- the patient... The consumer does better than if they went to another place. 
Well, one of the things that we've looked at is when a consumer has multiple touch points with CVS, we see improved customer satisfaction, we see improvement in overall health outcomes, and we see more engagement of a consumer in their overall health. All of those things put together are better for the consumer. And that's really what we're focused on at CVS Health, is really making sure the customer is getting what they need when they need it in healthcare. Well, then we have to talk about Oak Street and Signify, because these are gigantic changes at CVS, and they, once again, are when I can get it, I want it, particularly even if I have to be at home in a Medicare. That's right. Well, I'm so excited about the opportunity. You know, when we stepped back and looked at our strategy, this, uh, when we looked at Oak Street and Signify, we, we expanded our market, uh, approachable market of a trillion dollars. And it, amazing. So we really wanted to expand into health services. Oak Street offers primary care for seniors. Think about the primary care as the quarterback to your health care. Signify... Um, you're in the home. People sometimes want health care in the home. We have the ability through Signify to return people to care so that we have, when we're in the home, we get to open up the refrigerator and see if you're uh, eating well. We get to look and see if there's rugs that you might trip on. So we have that ability. And then we have the ability to have them go to Oak Street or have them go to the pharmacy um, for their medication adherence, all important uh, elements of the senior population. Okay, we've had many companies talk about how maybe in a few years they'll have a G- GLP-1. Of course, we spoke to Dave Riff and Lily, but your uh, vaccine business, your GLP-1 business, you are the front line of these different drugs. What's it mean for CVS? Well, you know, CVS in, in general is really the front door to um, healthcare and all consumer touch points. Vaccines is one part of our business in the delivery of care. As a matter of fact, we initiated and we delivered over 8 million vaccines in the third quarter alone. Um, but, you know, with GLP-1, again, um, the cost of GLP-1s are, um, it's, they're expensive for the consumer. And one of the things that we do as a business through our Caremark um, business, our PBM, is really to drive competition and lower costs. It, it's important. GLP-1s are important, but they are expensive. And, you know, if every single person in America um, that has obesity were prescribed a GLP-1, that would cost $1.2 trillion to the American healthcare system. So that would break the system. That would break the system. So we're focused on improve, making sure there's competition and lowering the cost so that people have the affordability and access to care when they need it. Okay, so the, when you go and you get a vaccine, uh, they have, my CVS, they're also telling me about another vaccine. They'll say, listen, have you thought about Prevnar? I mean, they're doing what we want while we're in the chair getting one vaccine. They do tell, I mean, is that you're uh, saying, look, don't forget to help the patient. They're there. Go do, give them something else they need. Yeah, our pharmacists are um, part and an important part of the healthcare delivery system. And their whole goal is to make sure that people have access to healthcare and are getting the medication that they need and making sure that um, they're providing them with counsel and guidance so that they can get the medications. Um, we're also, our pharmacists are also noting when to um, refer someone to uh, Oak Street Health if they don't have a primary care. Um, because in the end, pharmacists are the most trusted part of the healthcare system and have the ability to have that interaction and engage customers in, in their overall health. At the same time, you're doing all these revolutionary things. You've had to deal with the fact that the actual stores, maybe you had too many stores. Yeah. Right? You, you've, you've, been, you've been closing stores. We, 
an amazing pace. Yeah, we've clo- we um, committed to closing um, 900 stores. We really looked at um, density, and we said sometimes there was um, a store on one corner and there's a store on another corner. So we decided to um, close 900 stores. We continue um, to evaluate um, our store closures, but um, we still have total access to care. 85% of Americans um, are within a 10-mile radius of, um, of a CVS. And we are also committed to making sure that there's not pharmacy desert, so we won't close stores where people need access to medication. All right. So 10 years ago, Larry Merlot came on the show, your predecessor, and said, look, Jim, I, you're care passionate about this stuff. I'm dropping cigarettes. Will Karen Lynch one day say, I can't have GLP-1s at the end of the store and have you go through cheese balls and snacks and Hershey? Can you commit to getting rid of junk food at CVS in order to make it so that you are true healthcare? We're already um, changing the formats in our stores. What we've done over the last two years is really brought more health products into our stores. um, And it's a convenient access point. Um, So we've done a lot of that work already, and we'll continue to um, make sure that we're putting healthy products in our stores. And at the same time, uh, another one that I've just got to ask about, we are starting to discover that self-checkout is a major problem in our system. Could you reverse that? Because the stealing is rife with self-checkout. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. We're actually piloting in a number of our stores, pulling that back out. You are? Yes, we oh, have. Oh, good. <laughs> My stores, like I always got to call the guy over, but I will, I will, I, I, I won't guarantee it's in your store, but we are piloting, and it is something that we're, um, we're looking at. Well, I think you're revolutionary, and you're doing a lot of things that people have always felt maybe should be done in the system. I want to thank Karen Lynch, President and CEO of CBS Health. Wow. Thanks, Jim. I'm so glad you came on Mid Month. So nice to see thank you. you. Coming up, it's been almost 20 years since this company began telling its story on Mad Money. Two decades later, is the pipeline still powerful? Kramer checks in with a longtime favorite next. In 2005, Len Schleifer, the CEO of Regeneron, was one of our first ever guests on the show. And if you bought the stock off that interview, you now got a nearly 19,000% gain. One of my better calls. But yesterday, Regeneron gave us an update on its top drug that Wall Street didn't seem to love, even as I thought the presentation had a lot of positives, too. I think the street's too negative about this juggernaut. Don't take it from me. Earlier today, we caught up with Len Schleifer. He's the co-founder, co-chairman, president, and CEO of Regeneron. Take a look. Len, first, happy anniversary for Regeneron, and you are the longest-serving CEO in the industry, third longest-serving in the C- in the S&P. It's been a long time. It's been a long time, uh, but it's been incredibly exciting, and I think the future is even more exciting. Well, uh, you were our first guest on Mad Money. The stock was at five. I heard you talk about ILEA. I figured the stock would double. <laughs> well, five to what, 800? 900, 800, something. Uh, it's a big ways. Uh, but I have to tell you, when I came on the show, nobody would talk about Regeneron. <laughs> nobody was interested. And you put us on the map and you helped us, you know, get through the, the lean period. So we really appreciate uh, it. Uh, well, of course, but it was really you and your uh, genius science, George. Yeah, George Ancopoulos is a right. genius. We've been doing it together. 
since we started this company, and it's been an incredible run. But we just can't wait to keep going. Well, Ilea turned out to be an amazing drug, a gigantic drug. And now you have Ilea HD. There's some analysts who were, like, upset yesterday that you missed your numbers, so to speak. But this is a gigantic franchise. Absolutely. It's one of the most important franchises to treat people with uh, age-related macular degeneration or diabetic eye disease. Uh, And we did with HD uh, almost uh, uh, an unbelievable amount, frankly, about $123 million uh, in the fourth quarter. One quarter. Any analog, that's a fabulous launch. Now, uh, we don't talk enough about a wonder drug that you have that could be used for so many things. Dupixin, this could be one of the largest of all time. Dupixin is an amazing drug. Uh, it was invented by George Ancopoulos and his colleagues at Regeneron. We develop it and commercialize it with Sanofi. Um, it has just become the leader in just about every indication. Uh, it's got five approved indications, and hopefully it's going to get another big one. Well, talk about some of these, because these are everyday problems. Yes, but it's approved for minor to severe atopic dermatitis, basically bad eczema. Right. Um, it's in patients as young as six months. These poor babies almost look like they've been burned all over their body with eczema, and you give them Dupixin, and there's been remarkable data uh, and remarkable results. It's approved in, in moderate to severe asthma. It's approved in nasal polyps. It's approved in eosinophilic esophagitis, it, which is an esophagus allergic problem. And it's approved uh, in pyrigonodularis. So it's got five approved indications. And we're hoping to get it in eosinophilic COPD this year. Wow. So it's an amazing drug. And it's not random the way it all works. Um, George was able to predict from his genetic studies each of these indications that the drug would work in. So it's not a random walk here. Now, uh, obesity is something everyone's talking about. Uh, There has not been enough talk about the fact that if you attack people's body weight, you're attacking fat but also muscle. This is something you said yesterday. Muscle, really hard to get back muscle. Perhaps there's another way to do it, a better way? Well, we're working on that. Um, We've got some drugs we've already tested for other reasons that we think, at least in in primates, non-human primates, um, if you combine them with these weight loss drugs, um, you now all of a sudden get um, no lean body mass loss. Normally, when you take these weight loss drugs, you're losing some muscle mass, which is not good, especially if you're elderly. You could turn into basically a thin, weak elderly person. Um, And putting muscle on isn't easy. With these drugs, at least in the laboratory, and some human data, um, we're excited for the possibility to get better quality weight loss um, when combined with the standard CLIP-1 drug. So um, we're going to start testing that uh, later this year. Now, I want to talk about a, a, a cancer, two cancers that people think uh, can be death sentences, sadly, ovarian and prostate. You are working on these, and you've made breakthroughs. Yeah, we have a drug... Uh, which is really quite remarkable in that it, once again, it activates the immune system. And we've had patients with prostate cancer who've basically, unfortunately, at the end of their lives, their PSAs are like 500, 600, when it should be like Six. one or two or four, right. basically. And they've gone down to zero. The, and that was an amazing result. The problem is, in those patients, we saw the immune-mediated adverse events. So we're super focused now in retaining that efficacy, but eliminating these bad side effects. There's work to be done, but it's really exciting. Uh, One last thing. Uh, uh, There's a a 
there's a disease, a problem that no one's addressing because it's too hard. Hearing loss. Right. You've got a possible wonder drug in hearing loss. Yeah. So let me back up by saying that the big thing for everybody these days is AI. That's the next big right, thing. Right. But I don't believe that. It's a good tool. But for our business, the really most important tool, I think, is genetics. It's genes. It's understanding genes. We have the largest collection of human genes married to anonymously to medical records. So associating genes with disease is really going to drive this industry. And it can drive where you can repair these genes. You can silence these genes. And what you were talking about is a young patient who have a very rare disease, but it's a proof of point that we could eliminate um, the, the problem of he profound hearing loss by providing a gene that this poor child was missing. It's unbelievable, Extraordinary. Frank. Extraordinary. Again, a wonder drug. Uh, Len, I want to thank you for everything you've done for me. My, of course, thank you for everything you've done for everyone in the world. Len Schleifer is the co-founder, co-chair, president and CEO of Regeneron. Len, thank you. It's great to see you. Thank you. Great to see you. Yeah. Coming up, pop open those umbrellas and tee up your toughest questions. Kramer takes on all comers in the lightning round. Next. It is time. It's time for the lightning round. Kramer's going to that's where you take your calls right before you say the name is talking to you. I don't know the calls. My step is playing your plan is out. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski dance over the lightning round. Kramer's going to start with Chad in Virginia. Chad. Booyah, Jim. Booyah, Chad. So Topgolf looks to be coming out of the rough here. What's your thoughts? I like Topgolf. I have not been the call, though. I think it's an interesting good stock. So does my compadre, Ben Stoto. I think at 14, you should be a buyer. I want to go to Robert in Oregon. Robert. Booyah, Professor Kramer. Oh, thank you for giving me a degree. What's up? I'm a club member and a longtime investor. Thank you. Thank you. So let's let me give you a hand. What stock do you have? Uh, the company is empty. The Chinese government recently announced the restriction of rare earth technology pertaining to fabrication of magnets. Of magnets. Is empty a buy, a sell, or a hold? Well, I would hold on to it. I, I don't have a catalyst to buy it right now, but it is very, very low. And what you said about China is true. How about we go to Mandy in New York? Mandy! Hi, Jim. How are Hi, you? Mandy. All right. How are you doing? Good. Happy New Year to you and your wonderful staff. We got a great staff. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for taking my call. I'm working so hard. So Thank we you. all become better investors. I really appreciate it. Uh, you're quite Boeing well. is having uh, thank you. Boeing is having some difficulties, so I was thinking of moving uh, and going toward buying some HWM. Oh, Mandy, I like that call. We call HWN How I Met My Mother, and it is the right call. What a stock Hal Met is, boy! Thank you, Alcoa, for finally making it all happen. How about we go to Trevor in Wisconsin, Trevor? Booyah, what's up, Jim? I don't know. Jimmy Chill's getting uh, getting chill out here in San Francisco. What about you? Uh, Blizzard here, you know it. Um, I'll keep it short and sweet today, uh, but from where I'm sitting, it's looking like, uh, you know, unless there's something I don't know, Toast uh, is on the verge of being real profitable soon. 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is a football business. You can rip them out, take them in, take them out. I know that they're not doing We got to see them make money. If they made money, then I am on board. Not until then. Let's go to Joe in New York. Joe. Booyah. Booyah, Jimmy. Happy New Year. Oh, same to you. What's going on? Well, the stock I'm asking about has gone up over 300% in five years. Paid a special dividend recently. And as a defense company, that 90% of the products you make cannot be made by any other company. What is your opinion of TDG? Well, I've got to tell you, I think you know the company better than me, but everything you said, I understand to be true. And I think it is a terrific company. By the way, just so we know, it's one of those companies that they should split their stock 10 for one. And then I would be able to recommend it. It does not have, at $1,000, it's a little high for most people to buy. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by Charles Schwab. Ever since the market bottomed in October, Abbott Labs has been on a roll. A few months ago, everyone was worried about these GLP-1 diabetes drugs eating into their diabetes device business. But now the company's pointing out their blood sugar monitors can be used as companions to the GLPs. And that's just one reason why the stock's been on fire. Earlier today, we spoke to Robert Forties, the chairman and CEO of Abbott Labs, about his company's presentation and the course that he has charted for Abbott. Take a look. Robert, it's been a while since we've talked, obviously, post-COVID. And I need to ask you, what is going on now at Abbott? What do you look like? Because it was obscured by COVID. Oh, we're very excited uh, about 2024. Uh, But, yeah, I think during COVID, we had two objectives. Um, Let's help society with our testing. I don't think there's a company that did more than what we did on the the diagnostic side. But then let's take advantage and let's grow the company. Let's make it stronger. Uh, so we did about 20 billion of revenue during that COVID period, three, three and a half years. We took a portion of it. We started new R&D programs. We accelerated existing programs. We made investments in clinical people in the field, investments in manufacturing. So if you look at Abbott without the COVID for the first nine months of the year, we grew double digits. And you think about where we were before COVID, our growth formula was around seven to eight percent. Right. So we beat and raised every quarter last year. Okay, and what ended up clouding that a little bit is you had eight billion of COVID revenue come down to about one and a half billion. Right. But so I'm very excited about the momentum we have in the core business. Uh, I said we would see that momentum in Q4. We'll report in a couple of weeks. uh, And I see that momentum going into 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 uh, 2024. I think that the the key thing for us during that period was how do how do the owners of the company, our shareholders actually benefit in what we were doing? So if you look at what we did between 2021 and 2023, we returned $17 billion to our shareholders in terms of dividends, which is an important part of our identity and and, and share of buybacks and invested in the business. So they, you know, they saw the benefits in the short term with the return we gave them, and they're going to continue to see that with an accelerated growth rate. So we're really excited. And I think the market's going to see in a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks, we'll realize what we what, what we what we've set up for 2024. Well, a little preview is is that you're double digit, but it's all business lines are double digit. This is not one product driving things. Yeah, correct. In Q3, we saw all of our four segments: diagnostics, medical devices, nutrition, and established pharmaceuticals all grow double digits. You mentioned nutrition. You had been uh, kind of lagged for a while because of some issues that are now passed. You're the leader again. 
Yeah, we had that. We had our recall back in 2022. That was a tough time for parents uh, in this country. Uh, our focus was entirely let's get product back on shelf. I'm not going to debate what happened, what didn't happen. But you saw our market share now is actually back, almost back, probably like 95 percent. We're at, and I think that speaks to the trust that hospitals and healthcare providers and consumers have with the company and, and with what we do. So yeah, so that's that's somewhat behind us. We are investing in more manufacturing capacity. We made commitments to build inventory levels so that we never have that again. Now, it's not like COVID went away. I mean, I know I still test. I've got a vending machine at the New York Stock Exchange. I use your product. Uh, so there's still some income coming from it, but it doesn't obscure the greatness anymore. Yeah, I think I think as we've gone, I think Q4 you'll see more of an endemic state okay. of COVID. Uh, yeah, there were more te- there was more cases, but I think it'll be endemic. We will have earnings that will come from it, but it won't be at that level that it was before clouding Good. it, and it'll just be part of our business. Well, one of the things that people are going to understand is you got a giant cardiovascular business, and people don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the cardiovascular business, I mean, we are leaders. We participate in large growth segments and we've got leadership positions. So cardiac rhythm management, uh, heart failure, uh, structural heart, electrophysiology, coronary, peripheral vascular. So we've really assembled back in the acquisition in 2017 with St. Jude, we've really assembled a portfolio of market leading technologies here and we've invested in them. So we've got a series of new products coming out in the pipeline. Uh, we've got a, 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 a new device for the treatment of trichotomy cuspid uh, regurgitation, mm-hmm. you know, out, you know, surgery's too risky leaky to do that. Valve. Yeah, leaky heart valve. So surgery's too risky. There's no real pharmaceutical treatments for that. So this is now in front of the FDA that we reported data last year. It's great, great uh, treatment option. So, but across all the areas in cardiovascular, we've got strong pipelines. Now, uh, your diabetes franchise, second none around the world, uh, the numbers, uh, it, again, 1.4 billion recently, and you're up. What well, the, I, it was up 28 percent before. I mean, the, problem, the numbers just keep growing and growing. Why is it so much stronger than everybody else in the industry? Well, well, first of all, we took a view of looking at it as a mass market, right? So to do that, you have to one build a product that's consumer friendly. Check. Right. Um, we have to uh, build the scale, and you know Abbott's scale, the manufacturing, the global scale, so we're able to kind of really go. And then we took a different pricing strategy. We said if we're going to make this mass market, then we have to price it as mass market. And I think that's what's happened is it's really uh, had, uh, it's moved the technology from a niche population to a much larger population. We're actually looking now at using the platform that we built to target people that we usually don't target, healthcare going to target people that are healthy, that want to stay healthy. So we launched a version of Libre called Lingo. Okay, we've launched it in the UK, and it's really looking at how do people that don't have diabetes, but want to understand their glucose level, want to understand their metabolics, want to understand what's the impact of food and my mood and my health and my overall good health. So we launched that in the in the in UK. The feedback has been great. And we're going to bring that well, to the US here. We're going to bring it to the US I here also. I have no idea that you're yeah. working. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now, one of the things that you straighten out for people, the GLP. One, emotion versus facts versus data. Your stock got crushed by this. But in fact, you guys coexist. And the size of the actual markets you treat versus how many people do you take GLP, yeah. it's not going to damage anything. Yeah, listen, hey, great drugs, uh, great, great biology. But I'd say what we, sh- what we showed, we released two data sets. We're going to release some more data set this year. But we actually showed a complementary relationship between the device and the drugs. So we showed that 
we showed we showed use we showed users using Libre. We showed users just using GLP, and then we showed users using both. And that group that was using both were using more Libre and we're being more adherent to the GLP-1. So this notion that it'll slow our growth, it's, it's, actually, it's actually moderately positive it for us. It was so wrong, which is why yeah. the stock took off. Yeah. People finally understood your relationship and recognized it's a win. Yeah. It's a win for Abbott, win for the patients. Robert Ford, Chairman and CEO of Abbott Labs. Robert, it's been a while since I've seen you. Thank you so much for coming back on May. Very Monday. good seeing you too, thank you. I've learned so much about the latest developments in the healthcare space from all the CEOs that have come on the show during my two days out here. And I want to thank them all for their time. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise I'm just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. Last call starts now. All opinions expressed by Jim Cramer on this podcast are solely Cramer's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by Cramer on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Jim Cramer as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Cramer's opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warn its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Mad Money Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Disclaimer. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.